From the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, live at the ASCRS Winter Update in beautiful Aventura, Florida, February 15, 2013. Today, an excerpt of my interview with Terry Kim about cornea pathology and cataract surgery. There are conditions that obviously affect the cornea that can lead to a suboptimal outcome with these lenses if you don't pay attention to them. And I think so many times they're either misdiagnosed, overlooked, or just simply ignored. First this. What's your idea of the perfect meeting? Mine would be a meeting in which the topics I want are covered by people who are innovators in their field, who talk about things that are immediately relevant to my practice and who are both approachable and available between sessions. Ideally, I would like only one session to be running at a time so that I don't miss anything, and for each session to consist only of really high-quality speakers. I guess if I were to go on to fantasize, the meeting would be in a beautiful location with plenty for my family to do while I'm filling my brain. Now, If you add in a collegial atmosphere that promotes conversation with other ophthalmologists and an informal atmosphere, then you would have a pretty good description of the ASCRS Winter Update. Winter Update is my favorite meeting, and I look forward to it eagerly every year. And when I come back, my colleagues are always surprised at the number of new and really practical things I've learned. Terry, we had an interactive session in which we voted on the management uh, that uh, each of us would prefer for a, for a patient. And the patient was someone with uh, keratoconus, uh, and the question was whether to put in a toric lens. And um, the, the, it, w- it was clear from topography that there was uh, some portion of the substantial cylinder, I think that the patient had five diopters of cylinder that, that, was, that was regular, and there was some portion that was not regular, and the, the question was whether this patient was a candidate uh, for a toric intraocular lens, and uh, the audience was, was pretty much split. Can I have you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, you know... It was a great case. And thanks, uh, Josh, and I think the point that you bring up um, in terms of the previous discussion we had on multifocal or presbyopic correcting intraocular lenses, even though I classify toric intraocular lenses in general as one of the advanced technology or premium lenses, um, it is a very forgiving platform that gives excellent results. So I've been extremely pleased uh, to be able to offer patients now this option of reducing or eliminating their astigmatism to get better vision for distance. And uh, I think everyone has been very pleased uh, with the results that we're getting with this lens. And what's happening naturally is finding ways to to put them in in other corneal conditions like keratoconus, for instance, that you mentioned. And that patient uh, that was presented was actually a form thrust keratoconus patient. And so I think some important considerations to consider when you're thinking about implanting a toric lens in a keratoconus or form frost keratoconus patient is number one H. If the patient's really young, granted, albeit it's going to be uh, more unlikely to see a cataract in that patient population, but you sometimes see folks who, who develop PSCs at an earlier age. And if they're in their 20s and 30s, you may want to hold off and wait because keratoconus may still be evolving or progressing in that patient. 
I feel much more comfortable if they're in their 50s or 60s to be putting in a toric eyewall patient because we all know as you age the corneal crosslinks and there's going to be much less likelihood of keratoconus progression. Another important point that was made during that symposium was looking at their best corrected visual acuity in terms of their manifest refraction. I think that's a great way to kind of see how much that keratoconus affects that patient and also how well they see with, for instance, a contact lens. My recommendation is when you examine these patients, look at not only their cornea at the slit lamp in terms of do they have apical scarring, for instance, where I don't think it's going to be a good idea to put a toric eye well, or sometimes you see keratoconus that's moderate to severe where you see some what's called the nipple of the cone or some very uh, irregular findings in terms of the curvature itself that are going to probably not be a good good situation or environment to implant this lens. And then secondly, look at the topography. I think corneal topography can really provide a lot of additional helpful information in assessing this patient in terms of their candidacy for a toric IOL. For instance, if I see a patient that has an asymmetric bow tie and they have a, you know, good result from, you know, manifest refraction, um, and you can get good K readings, for instance, from your manifest keratometry, this patient will probably do well with a toric eye well. And granted, this is an off-label use of the lens, but I've seen some very happy patients, and that patient in particular you mentioned had a 20-20 result from getting a toric eye well for treating 5-diopter astigmatism. And what's nice is we've seen an expanded range of powers now. 20-20 UCVA. Yeah, uncorrected. That's exactly right. You'll hear my complete interview with Terry after the meeting. Terry Kim is professor of ophthalmology and cornea and refractive surgery at the Duke University Eye Center in Durham, North Carolina. (laughs) Ask questions of Dr. Kim or any of our previous guests or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Write to me with your questions or comments at jyoungmd at gmail.com. As Seen From Here is a production of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.